Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. You are listening to Missed Apex Podcast. We live F1. Hi, thanks for joining me in the podcasting shed for Missed Apex Podcast, brought to you by SpannersReady.com, bringing you podcasts, news, and blogs on motorsport and many, many other things. Joining me with the patience of a saint on what has turned out to be a disastrous recording of Missed Apex Podcast is Matt Trumpets. Hi, Matt. Hey, how's it going? Well, as you know, it's going very badly. We're sitting here after having recorded an hour and a half edition of Missed Apex, of which we only have saved 35 minutes. At best. Yes, this is very much the uh, Barcelona of our current podcasting right so we've taken each other out yeah so basically it's one of those things i've used a a podcasting uh, sorry a podcasting app i've used a software app to record the podcast it wouldn't let me save i i (laughs) i I did a restart the temporary files disappeared we couldn't figure out how to piece it back together and we've done everything we could but all we've got is the last half an hour to be fair if anybody out there is interested we do have the entire audio Mm-hmm. In six second chunks, about 817 files. If you want to listen to it and piece it together for us, we would certainly at least say your name at the beginning of the show. Or or just listen to the six second files in random order. We we considered doing that. But that's 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 what we've got. And uh, do you know what, Matt? You and me have done, what, 200 motorsport shows together more? And we've never lost one yet. This is the first disaster we've had. It truly is the first First thing that's gone so completely wrong, we couldn't save it. And it's been a frustrating 45 minutes or hour or so of trying to get it sorted. But, yeah, you know, and if I sound sometimes different, life happens. If I sound different, it's because I've had a couple of whiskeys trying to de-stress. Well, we've sorted that out. So we did consider just not having an episode this week. Uh, but, you know, it's nice to just say hello to our listeners and explain to them what went wrong. And, 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 that, and that we are going to include the end of the show, which we did have saved from a video recording. 
Absolutely. And we swear we will talk about all the things that we talked about but didn't get recorded again in the near future, including, you know, you know the sale of Formula One, what we think will happen in 2020. And oh, yeah, the, the winning numbers for next week's lottery. So close to having that information. Uh, did we also lose my karting stuff? I think we did. Okay, so Almost- then... Oh, so I'll, I'll quickly just say then, the Missed Apex karting is on. I'm talking to two sites, two venues uh, that are both willing to give us discounts. Uh, so we will we'll probably use both of them over the course of, you know, the lifetime of Missed Apex. But watch this space. Uh, I had a great karting event at Rogue Racing in Ellsbury. Suffice to say, I didn't win. I did win one heat. However, controversially, I did under, uh, overtake under yellow flags and ignore two red flags. Did you get penalised? I didn't, so... Ah, well, then nothing wrong with that. So under the Verstappen rules of racing, everything's fine. (laughs) No problem. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, So what are the things we missed? We missed basically all the discussion about the new owners, didn't we? Yeah, that that was really the big thing. We talked about uh, upcoming 2020 regs. Everybody had some ideas about what would make the sport, what they would hope for from the sport. And we had a lot of talk about things that Liberty might change. We talked about franchises. We talked about cost caps and the things they might change to grow the sport. And we talked about circuit fees being reduced, ticket prices being reduced, and getting the fans more involved on social media. And we even talked about it with Anil, who knows so much about that I know, that stuff. because he was the social media manager or community manager with Formula E. And he had a real inside track, and it was fascinating. And uh, yes, I wish we could have given it to you. Uh, But rather than give you nothing, uh, we thought we would just tack on the last 35 minutes that we did have, in which Summers describes some of the tech from Monza. Yeah, and we uh, we, we talked in our news about Stroll, Lance Stroll, and Williams, and about the changes at Ferrari. And we get into that in a little bit more depth, too. So you get to hear especially about Ferrari simulator and how simulators work. So it's not a total wash for you tech cats out there. Oh, the intro was so much fun as well. Oh, gosh. I'm just remembering yes. back to it. Okay. Well, I did such a great imitation of you doing my introduction with your name. So enough mourning from us listeners. Uh, we will give you the audio we have. Matt, you're wagging your finger. Because you know me, if, if you're in charge, I always have to go back and, and pick up <laughs> One go on, do one, it, man. Do it. One more thing. Well, we talked about Lance Stroll. We talked about the 2020 regs in particular, and and we will get back to that. That's what mm-hmm. I want to say. Yeah, it's no, not a done deal. We have the show notes. We have the technology. We can rebuild it. I tell you what, if we have like really dull races, we can leak it in, <laughs> leak it in bit by bit as uh, as segments over the course of uh, the future race review. So forgive us, forgive us. Um, it's the first one we've lost. How many more excuses can I come up with? Uh, the wind was in the wrong direction. Uh, my teammate got the bigger upgrades first. I think that's it, Matt. I think I've waffled myself into a corner. This is what drunk spanners sounds like. Oh, well, uh, drunk spanners sounds not all too different from not drunk spanners. It's either a compliment or a damnation. Yes, I'm not going to tell you which, though. Okay, so I should play some sort of transition music, really, shouldn't I, to sort of ease it in? Which oh, one I know what I wanted to ask oh, you. I was just about to I go did, to the pre-record. I, but this is my thing. You know I do this to you every time. The listeners love it. They don't. I hope. No. They don't? They've commented. No. There's been comments. Oh, I haven't seen them. Anyway, 
who else was at Cardig besides Mr. Van Jean? Oh, Mr. Oh, uh, the 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 very the very nice and hideously fast Will Buxton, who appeared uh, on uh, our show, our mid-season review about four episodes back, and was very kind enough to say that he would be willing to come and join us again. I'd, so I hope that's I hope that's real. I hope that's real. I hope that wasn't just a showbiz facade. But no, I don't think so. He he seemed to appreciate that we don't overly take ourselves too seriously. Well, I, I would imagine his position, anyone like that, is probably a welcome relief to his normal Twitter feed. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you know what? That's interesting. I, I, was, uh, I was sat next to him and he, he did a tweet about the event we were at. Um, and he mentioned that someone had made a comment. So he's like, oh, look at it on, on my feed. So I, I found his, his tweet and then I had to scroll down like several thumb scrolls to get to the tweet he's talking about. And I'm saying, how on earth do you handle that amount of replies? The guy's got like, what, 85,000 followers or something. And he just sort of went, well, you know, people take the time to engage him. And he just tries <laughs> tries to, to engage back as best he can. Extra thumbs, maybe? I don't know. I don't know. But, but to be honest, like, you know, when we have a busy week and there's a lot of emails and tweets coming through and the WhatsApp groups, I mean, I've, I struggle to keep up with it. And I, and I look through his tweets and, and there's like 30 replies <laughs> with every single thing. So, I mean, for, for an attention, what do you call it, connoisseur such as myself, mm-hmm. that would be amazing. So I only have 89,479 followers to go and I'm there. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's like around the corner then, any day now. <laughs> See, uh, fans of DadHub will be used to this level of waffle from us, Matt, but uh, let, let's hold it back a little bit for the Missed Apex listeners and say, we're very sorry, we'll see you for the Singapore review. Listen to this music. The next voice you hear will probably be Matt Summers in full, Matt Summers, Matt Summerfield in full tech flow. wing at Monza and it looked so cool I don't know if it made any difference to them but it certainly looked so cool yeah I mean it's a development that they've had in plan since the start of the season um it's what we termed as a double waved rear wing because of the the shape of it it's something that we've seen before uh, down down the history of Formula One um I've got a piece out on motorsport that went up tonight um detailing some of the um past experiences that we've seen with that rear wing uh the last team to use it would have been uh lotus back in 2011 but it never actually ran they had they wheeled it out for montreal didn't get the results they wanted and and didn't run it in the race but they did run it previously in 2010 when there were renault um and they ran that for quite a few races up until the f ducts became the the generalized solution to reduce drag all right then Well, well thanks yeah ken uh, just a quick interruption, a quick question for you, Summers, you know, in regards to Red Bull and how they were the only guys that, that kept themselves trimmed out. Is part of that because of the nature of their chassis, that their chassis in general generates a little bit more downforce than, say, other chassis, so they're able, they're sort of able to compensate by running trimmed out, or is it, are they kind of equal in that regards? I mean, uh, at the end of the day... They they do have uh, the advantage of the uh, underbody downforce generation, um, where they they do generate a little bit more downforce from the the way that their chassis is set up. Um, Obviously, we know that they run with an extremely raked car, uh, much like McLaren as well. Um, And and that obviously does help them. Um, Downforce generated from the underfloor of the car also 
comes with the effect of creating less drag. So you can play one off against the other, but obviously the the other teams that wanted to load that downforce on don't generate as much downforce as you're saying from under the car. So there, there is a bit of a payoff there. Thank you. Right. Um, any word on Toro Rosso and their B spec? Yeah, well, that was an interesting one, wasn't it? They they introduced a new uh, configuration in Germany just before the summer break, and um, from what I understand, they really thought that the step it would be a big step in performance, something in the similar vein to what Force India got when they introduced their beast specification in Spain. Um, and unfortunately, it just hasn't delivered the kind of results that they were anticipating. So what they did in free practice one at Monza is they took all of the parts off of um, Carlos Sainz's car and went back to the original specification and did some back-to-back testing. Um, they did then put both cars back onto the B-spec for the rest of the Monza Grand Prix, but there's still not word as to which solution they're actually going to go for for the rest of the season. And I do think that there might be some of the results that they, they have seen on the track compared to their correlation work in the wind tunnel might be down to the tyre behaviour and the, the increased pressures that we've seen from the other teams. Okay. And and again, uh, it, it, it's Monza we saw that Williams seemed to have had a little bit of a comeback. Is that solely down to their engine or, or have they actually made some progress with their generally not as good as everybody else aero? Yeah, well, again, Williams were in a similar situation to Toro Rosso where they bought a huge chunk of updates to try and add downforce to their car throughout the season. In Aus- in Hungary, they took those parts off the car, similar vein to Toro Rosso, to understand what was going on. And now they're, they're, they are running the, the new spec parts again. But what they have discarded is the little winglet that sits above the engine cover. Um, and that little winglet is designed to try and disturb the airflow before it hits the rear wing. Both the Williams and Ferrari run one. Um, they have for a couple of seasons. But it seems interesting that Williams have decided to discard that given that they've got a new rear wing design. And I think... I know it seems like a tiny element, but it might be something that's helping them in terms of understanding what's gone wrong with their aero. Okay. And, and of course, I have one more. Well, it looks like for a lot of these teams that they're becoming very track-specific where they do well. What do we think favors? What do we think the rest of the season favors, for Cindy or Williams? Um, you'd have to really say Force India, but it all really depends on the tyres. If Pirelli decide to release some of the pressure situation, then I think we might see Williams come back towards the fore. I think that is a, a key differentiator between the two teams. It depends on what they're doing with the tyres at any given time. And each circuit has obviously got a, a different characteristic in terms of what it does with the tyres and also the compound choices. Right. And... Do you think that Williams is being helped right now? This is a question from MG5904 from the chat room. He's being helped right now by Honda's power shortage in terms of their standing. Who's that, McLaren, sorry? Uh, McLaren, well, yeah. Uh, Do you think that Williams' position in the constructors is being helped by Honda's power shortage for McLaren? Yeah, possibly. I mean, the the power unit and and the aero side of things have to are intrinsically linked. You know, there's no getting around that factor, and it's why we see that Red Bull were exposed at Spa and Monza. Um, so yeah, there is, there is still a deficit in terms of the Honda. It has made leaps and bounds compared to last year. I mean, look at the failures that they had week in week out. They were always starting at the back of the grid. Um, and I think Honda are really onto something. And next season, when the token system is scrapped, 
I think Honda will make some even bigger leaps because they've been running a tandem development program for the for their power unit. Right. Okay. So let's let's jump to the future. Last year, Mercedes at Singapore was disastrous. What do you know? How, do they think they've sorted their issues or not? Well, they actually set up a separate working group to try and understand what happened last year because they were a bit baffled by the whole situation. But what I think we have to remember is that the race previous to that was Monza, as it is this year. And at Monza, we had the situation where the tyre pressures became uh, an issue. And I think the protocol situation that then unfolded in Singapore kind of caught Mercedes out. And they operate better in certain conditions with certain compounds. And I think they're always going to struggle at Singapore. It's just not their type of racetrack. But I think this year you might find that their pace is better than what we saw last year for definite. All right. Thanks much for that. The last... So... That brings us back to Ferrari. And we heard over the break that Ferrari had taken a broom and had swept clean. And we've learned a few things since then. We know they've hired some people with some specific knowledge, both from Red Bull and Mercedes. We know that certain heads of state have gradually been shown the door, including uh, Corrado Lanzone, who we mentioned earlier. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. We know Antonella Collada uh, of uh, the GT staff Corsa Cliente and Enrico Cardili of the 488 GTE program and David Sanchez are all now doing more stuff. The structure of the corporation is meant to be more horizontal. 
But what I found out that was interesting to me is that one of the reasons this has happened was that Marchione got wind that there were solutions remarkably similar to ones run by Red Bull and Mercedes sat in drawers unused at Ferrari. Yeah, but we, well, I think we've had this discussion before on the show and we've mentioned it in in the group as well, but it's not a cookie cutter solution. You can't take one part from one car and expect it to work on another. We've just talked about the way that Red Bull's raked car um, intrinsically helps them to set their car up for specific tracks, creating more downforce from the underfloor and allowing them to run less drag on the rear wing. You know, it's not something that you can just take from one car and pop it on another. No, he's Darlikin. What's happened? Right. Have we lost Summers? Well, in the... I, th- I think if I'm right, Ken, is he basically you know, saying that one go fast part from one sure. car? Hang on a minute, Matt, because he can't tell that he's cut out. So he's he's here. Yeah, yeah. He's still there, Darlikin in Brunei. Where I looked at the best parts of the cars. <laughs> should we should we just act as if uh, mm-hmm. he didn't cut out tons then? Um, he seems to be back though, so why not carry on with what you were saying about thirty seconds ago, Summers? Okay, and so... say it in ten seconds. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It it it's basically not a cookie cutter solution. Every team has uh, different ways or philosophies of doing things, and you can't simply steal everybody else's ideas and make a fantastic race car. You have to build that into the philosophy of your car. You know, one front wing can't be fitted on another car and expect it to work. It, it just doesn't work that way, I'm afraid. And for Marchione to say that, yes, all these designs have been put through the system, well, yes, there may well have been, but that doesn't mean they've actually been produced, which costs money and taken to the track and evaluated at the circuit. Right. Well, speaking of front wings, uh, we saw kind of a similar thing, didn't we, uh, Vortex, when McLaren took Red Bull's front wing and stuck it on their car and then went no faster at all. Yeah, that's true. And I think I think uh, that lines up exactly with what Summers is trying to say, which is that in, in many ways, the aerodynamic when when and you correct me if I'm wrong, Summers, when you say philosophy, in many ways, what we're talking about is where the air is first touched is at the very front of the car, that wing and the way and and when you look at a vehicle aerodynamically at these speeds, you're anything in front is affecting everything behind and at the end of the day you want to have downforce at the rear that um, equalizes to some degree what you have at the front Um, and so just for example what we talked about earlier that little winglet that was uh, on top of the Williams car that affected the airflow to the rear wing they removed that. Just one little change um, made a made a significant uh, difference in the downforce and and drag. And so that's that's what we're talking about. It's a very complex uh, uh, thing that you really need to to be able to evaluate properly. Am I getting that right for you, Summers? You're getting it bang on there, Ken. Yes. Right. <laughs> well, I, another interesting thing that came up, Anil was that the teams of engineers and the and, and the actual manufacturers now are so big that a lot of the engineers are never working on anything but one very small part of the car. So a lot of your up-and-coming engineers are not necessarily getting that complete knowledge of the car that the people at the top of the sport right now have. And to the point where I even hear that some teams may be picking candidates and rotating them to groom them for these positions in the future of, of running the whole department. 
Yeah, I mean, the fact that they're that big and um, younger engineers aren't able to kind of get that wider experience is quite worrying because at the moment, if you think about the top engineers that we hear about, we hear about Adrian Newey, James Allison, um, is it James Key at Toro Rosso? You know, it's the, it's the same group. Um, you know, who are the younger ones coming through? And of course, the F1 regulations at the moment are so strict in terms of how often they can use a wind tunnel per week. Um, there was actually a great quote from Alejandro Agag, the Formula E CEO, months ago at the event I attended with him. And he was saying that at Red Bull, they've got so many engineers who want to work on so much, but they just they literally can't because the regulations don't allow for it. And even if the regulations did allow for it, the design of the cars are so identical. Virtually every Formula One car looks the same. You know, we're not seeing these crazy differences, these really unique philosophies. They they all generally look the same. They should hire less engineers. Feels like that would solve it. Yeah, well, I think at the smaller teams, like at Manor, you, you have that where the engineers have to wear more hats to get the job done. But you're also not competitive in the cutting edge there either. So... It's an interesting problem Formula One's going to have to solve. But I'll tell you what really struck me most about Ferrari, and we've never heard of them having this problem before. It turns out that their simulator data was not correlating with real life at all. Go figure. I, for one, am shocked. <laughs> <laughs> How many yeah. years have I had to hear that? Um, if, you know, in the Alonso Ferrari years, Every single thing that Domenicali would say to the public about, you know, why Red Bull kept overtaking them mid-season, it was always the same thing. It was the simulator was not working, no. or it wasn't good enough, and it was no, no. the error. That... It was Go the ahead. arrow turn. That was, uh, uh, if I may, I think you're thinking about that tunnel. They had a huge arrow tunnel problem, right? Is, are you I'm pretty about... sure it was both. Yeah, I mean, I've uh, heard Vettel okay. whinging, sort of sideways whinging, hinting that the simulator doesn't, it wasn't representative at certain tracks. So yeah, I, I, I agree with you, Anil. I, I've heard them whinging yeah. about that simulator. I, I stand corrected. Thank you. Well, yeah, it, they, it was definitely the wind tunnel too earlier, but this time around it's a simulator. And and of, and of course, if you've got no in-season testing and you can't test at your private track the simulator is pretty important indeed they do a lot it turns out they do quite a lot of setup work if only there was someone on our show who had been to an actual simulator and knew something about it <laughs> is he allowed to talk about it yet though is he is he allowed to you allowed to discuss only it in sound bites only in sound bites summers you've actually gone and done this and you can shed a little light on why ferrari were sucking so badly oops can i say that out loud yeah well, that, that's all to do with correlation at the end of the day. Ferrari's problems are down to latency. They have a huge simulator. It's made by Moog, and it was in uh, collaboration with um, Dallara. So it's, it's a joint cooperation. And if you have, have a chance to Google the images of that simulator, it's in a massive room, and it's on a hexapod. Now, a hexapod obviously moves a, a, a static table, which is where the driver sits, uh, Don't say obviously, that... obviously oh, a hexi table. Okay. Oh, oh yeah, no, uh, yeah. of course we all know that. Okay, so oh, yeah, it's a, quit it, it. it's a hexapod basically, a hexapod system whereby the um, chassis is moved on top of the hexapod. Now, theirs is huge, but if you see Mercedes, theirs is even bigger. And the reason that theirs is bigger is that you have you have problems with a simulator in terms of latency. Um, we which is a problem, obviously, we suffer here with our Scott chats. Yeah. Uh, and basically what happens is is that 
the movements that you are trying to coordinate in the simulator don't quite represent what happens in real life because of the latency issues. So when you go bigger, you try to remove the latency, but what you actually do is you create more latency. Now, Mercedes have got around that fact because they've got a slide underneath theirs as well. So the whole hexapod moves along the, the ground as well to remove the latency. Where, so, whereas, sorry, Matt, yes. So, so basically, if I've understood this correctly, the each pair of arms of the hexapod are responsible for an axis of movement. But by putting it on a slide, Mercedes can still have big arms which move slowly, but not suffer the same latency that you're talking about. That's right, yeah. So obviously, Ferrari's huge hexapod, which stands on a flat surface, has the latency issues because... The Okay, so I think we're going to have to yeah. call time on that, Matt, because of summer's internet issues. Uh, t- time aside, let's pity the poor uh, listener who's trying to squeeze this in on his Monday morning commute, even though summer's is still talking in the background. Which is summer's shut up, thirty foot up in the in the sky doesn't react as it should do. Very interesting, summer's. Do you mind if we move okay. on to the podium, Matt? <laughs> Uh, let's move on, but I want to say he wrote an excellent article about all of this with pictures and everything. And is that yes. up on your blog there, Summers? Oh God! Just just point people to his blog. So it's www.summersf1.co.uk. Yeah, Check him out it, there. The internet day that I spend at Ansible. My- the internet connection at his website is fantastic. That page will upload very, very quickly. Okay, Matt, we're all getting sleepy. Let's let's get out of here. We're all getting sleepy. You're getting sleepy. And by the way, <laughs> your mime show is winning the podcast right now. I'm, I don't get it. The, the longer you, you get annoyed with us talking forever about everything, the more animated you become in the small right-hand corner. Well, I'm just going to press buttons then. Let's move on. I'm going to force this log to the predictions and stuff. Time for our Singapore Guess What Happens. So, Anil, guess what happens? What happens in Singapore? Who wins? What what goes? Daniel Ricciardo will win. Verstappen will crash out and hit the wall, just like he did at Monaco. Excellent. Vortex, what's your call? Uh, Mercedes 1-2, and there'll be uh, some exciting crashes with uh, perhaps... A racer whose initials are MV. Ooh, Summers. Well, I think we still need to start calling him Crash Stappen from the comments that are coming about here. But um, yeah, I think Red Bull are going to be uh, more dominant in Singapore just because of their chassis. Um, I'll say Daniel Ricciardo for the win. Spanners. You're bonkers. You're bonkers. And Neil always going on about the Red Bull resurgence. Always going on about it. they're definitely going to win this. Okay, okay. Definitely. Can I just say this is bull. This is absolute <laughs> rubbish, right? I I said at the beginning of the year the Red Bull would win the there. championship. That's what you said. No, no, no. I, I said Monaco, <laughs> Hungary, and Singapore. I expect they'll be really competitive, and okay. they expected to win at least Monaco and Singapore. I totally. They remember. should have won in Monaco. I remember it differently. So from now on, we've got to get all these arguments on on air, recorded, and and logged Let's for prosperity. Do it. Okay. So, so, so my predictions is uh, Mercedes, uh, in the form of the 44 car, will just about win. That's that's not a nice hand gesture, but uh, we'll win. However, Red Bull to to close the pack up and to swallow up Nico Rosberg on pace and and uh, drag him, drag him 
back Silverstone style and, and showing him up to expose him for the pretender that he is. Uh, but that will kind of prove Neil right, which is painful. So, yeah, there's my predictions. Well, that's all very interesting, but I predict due to a double Mercedes horrible clutch start, a massive pileup, and Carlos Sainz wins, mostly because he has my number 55. So there you go. Interesting. Absolutely. Oh, uh, and Massa to disappoint massively on pace. And Raikkonen can't can't drive at Singapore. I I expect the same from him. All right, then. All right, so where can we find you, Anil? You can now find me on Twitter at AnilP228. All right, Vortex, where should we look for you on the wild internets? Uh, I'm also on Twitter at VortexModio. Excellent. Summers, you have you more me. social media than that. Come on. <laughs> I can find, you can find me on Twitter and I'm SummersF1, or obviously you can find me on motorsport.com or at the blog. He doesn't need any Ex- more followers. Excellent. But I bet if he ran social media for Formula E, he'd follow you, Spanners. Where can we find you? Well, as nearly 17 other people have, you can find me at SpannersReady on Twitter. Help a brother out. Let me overtake Chris underscore Jerno Stevens, for goodness sake. Oh, no, come on. Surely, surely I give more to the audience than than that fool. (laughs) Uh, He's on next week. Uh, You can go to www.spannersready.com. Obviously, we've got some F1 writers there. We've got blogs. We're starting to put some news out. Uh, We're really hoping to get massively into Formula E in a big way. Uh, I've got a pretty talented guy coming on board to to run the Formula E side of things. Gives a grin and eel. And uh, also... Uh, Dad Hub. Dad Hub has been on a summer holiday, obviously, but we are coming back with the same people in a very similar style of show. So don't worry if you miss me rambling on inanely about my family. It's it's coming back. So it will be there on the internet. Can't wait. Well, you can find me at MattPT55, Matt Trumpets on Facebook. And for goodness sakes, go and buy my wife Amanda Weaver's novels for uninterrupted race time whenever you require it. All right. This is Tech Time. See you soon. All right, all right. I know what you're going on about Mime Show. And that also reminded me that we forgot about the comment of the week. But there is one from Senior Trowell, who says, As interesting as the chat is, and it is, the Spanner's mime show in the bottom right is compelling. The more frustrated he is, the more animated he gets. I'm looking at the time. We've run an hour and 20 minutes. Fine, fine. You get it. Comment of the week. Well, you know. And well, it, you know. it definitely isn't gotten by the person who keeps saying that Anil is a wise man. You can say it over and over again. It's still rubbish. I swear. He said Red Bull was going to win the title. I swear it. Well, I, I like the question about whether or not Moog played futuristic electronic music. I thought that was a particularly good one. I'm sorry we missed it. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. 
Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.